Welcome one and all to episode 89 of the Scum and Villainy Podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast. We break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, it's Noah to George. Listen, buddy, listen. I'm, last my week, ears are open. What do you got? La- last week was a, a great little late night episode, and we had our, our late night uh, late night beverages. Yeah. Um, if you I listen towards really, the end of it, you could hear mine take effect. <laughs> Started slurring yeah. my speech a little bit. <laughs> I could really use a late night beverage right now, and all I've got is my my handy dandy water bottle. Uh, boy, it's been a long day. Boy, it it's has been, been a long day. Yeah, you were telling me a bit about it before the show, so it seems like those real world worries are weighing heavy on your shoulders. But thankfully, Noah, you and I get to take a jaunt into the galaxy far, far away. We got some Star Wars news to discuss, so hopefully that'll be a weight off of your shoulders. It's like you know, well, what are we? Long day, Star Wars talk. You know, that's exactly that's exactly how I feel. What are what are we talking about today? We've got some video game news today. Uh, we've got two different stories. One of which is like a bit of an older story, uh, but we've been so uh, you know packed to the gills with Bad Batch info, uh, new Bad Batch episodes that we uh, kind of had a sideline that. But we've got some video game news today. We've got some from Ubisoft as well as Respawn. Respawn is not the game that you'd be thinking that we're going to be discussing. So we have some updates on another project that they're working on. Uh, and then, of course, obviously, we are going to be talking about the newest episode of the Bad Batch titled entombed uh that'll be at the end of our conversation but if you want to hop to that conversation right now you can just click the uh, time code in the description and it'll take you right there but until then noah like i said we've got some video game news uh but before we get there i have some unfortunate news if you want to call it that um Uh i have been i've i've my toes are back in noah i've 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 re-engaged Really? I've been playing really? Star Wars Battlefront 2 again. It's got oh, me. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say Star Wars uh Jedi Fallen Order. No, I, I I'm due for a, a replay of that for sure, but I don't like necessarily like replaying a game just before like a new one comes out, you know? Yeah. Because then it's just like I want to kind of like dive back into that universe and be like, oh yeah, like it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I could understand that. But it's kind of like too. That's well, I was gonna say it's kind of like I don't know if you're this kind of concert goer. Do you listen to the artist like that you're going to see at the concert, or do you do like a complete 180 and like listen to a you know a totally different genre before you go see a concert? Actually, I have a funny story about that, uh, a quick tangent. When I was a freshman in college, I went by myself to go see Coin in concert. I remember um, that. Because, because you, I was like, hey, Garrett, I know this is last minute. And you were like, I'm sorry, I have plans. Because the other person I was going to go with dipped on me. And so I drove all the way to Louisville, Kentucky to go see <laughs> Coin. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to their music. I've got a, I've got yeah. a three hour drive to, to this concert and I'm not going to listen to their music. And guess what? They released a song that very day and they opened with it. And I have never felt more out of the loop because I was like, I know their entire discography. I'm going to love this. And then they opened with a song I'd never heard before. Cause it came out that day. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> It was, was everybody horrible. like, like, yeah, the new song. And you were like, wait yes, a minute, what? Every, or were, everybody were you, was oh. like, everybody was like, yeah, this is sick. And I was like, 
what song are they playing? <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I hated it. So, so uh, let, that's unfortunate because usually when you go to a concert and they have a new song, they're like, hey, we're going to play this new song, you know, and and then you, they, they dive on in. But you were just like thrown right into the deep end. So I apologize for you uh, looking okay. like a fool. But yeah, uh, but uh, I, back I think to, I, the, to I, the video game. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that metaphor, you know, sort of sort of holding off. Um, but yeah, I guess Battlefront 2 is not what I expected you to say. Yeah, I've I I had been like it's been coming back up on TikTok uh, recently. People have been like yeah. rediscovering that game, um, and I'll tell you what it was. I was listening to Force Center as I do, um, and uh, a fan had submitted a question about Battlefront Two, uh, and they were just kind of like reminiscing about that game. And I was driving, and I was like. You know what I'm going to do when I go home? I'm going to play some <laughs> Battlefront 2 because it was like, oh, yeah, what a game. So I've been playing that. Not like obsessively. I've still been playing. I've been hopping between that and like Red Dead Redemption. Um, but it's it's healing these old wounds, Noah. What a time uh, that was when when I was like neck deep in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, <laughs> can, I, but, can, uh, I, can I quickly tell the uh, the Battlefront 2 story of when I was sitting in, on, on the couch and you were playing Battlefront 2? <laughs> <laughs> which is which was like almost every single day. Um, Literally, all I was the, taking, doesn't narrow it down, you know. Yeah, I know. I was taking a video of myself because we had just come back from our uh, we had just come back from rehearsal for Guys and Dolls, uh, which you and I were extras in. And yes. the hairspray was like making my hair do funny things. And I was like taking a video of my hair and you're in the background <laughs> playing Battlefront 2. And so it's a, a short video of me like looking at my hair. And then in the background, you hear Garrett just yell, you slut. <laughs> 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 uh, it's the oh, funniest thing I've ever heard. That game used to like get me really riled up, but now I just have sort of like a just whatever sort of attitude. I think Call of Duty filled me with so much rage, the new one did, that I'm just like, this is just small potatoes comparatively. And it also Man. helps like kind of a humble brag that like a lot of the real mouth breather, like, you know, real troglodytes that used to play that game are like kind mm -hmm. of gone. And so when I go there, it's just like these guys these schlubs are no problem for me you know like every lobby i'm like first or second place you know um so it's like I, it's just it's 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 almost relaxing to like go back into that universe but that's enough reminiscing about battlefront 2 you gotta hop on mr man you got that new playstation i, I just we might, got, we, we gotta start playing that oh by the way if you don't have playstation now not just you noah but anybody if you guys have playstation now uh jedi fallen order is actually available to play for free so if you haven't I saw um, had a chance to play that before the new game releases uh now is your chance but anyway noah ubisoft uh ubisoft massive specifically um their new star wars game will reportedly feature a massive, quote-unquote, seamless universe. Uh, according to Insider Gaming, uh, Ubisoft's Massive's an untitled Star Wars game will feature a fully open and seamless universe similar to the one found in No Man's Sky. Uh, this game is, of course, using the Snowdrop engine uh, and is being made by the same studio that made Far Cry 3. Uh, but not only that, Noah, players can play as fully customizable either dark side or light side characters uh, in this game that features you know jam-packed lore and characters new and familiar this is really shaping up to be a just behemoth of a game um and what do you think of the idea of having this like massive you know kind of 
carve your own out adventure, but in this giant Star Wars galaxy. Well, it has been, I, at least it feels like it has been a while since we've been like really treated with a game to that scale that's like just so, you know, so pervasive in modern culture that we get a game that's, you know, that's like that. I mean, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably the last time that something that huge, you know, something of that scale happened Mm -hmm. where it was just like you can do literally whatever you want um and i'm i'm a huge skyrim fan and that's like part of my that's part of my like lexicon of okay what do i like in terms of video games um from sort of the development side of it i have like dabbled somewhat in far cry um i actually have played a few games that are a little bit similar to it something like just cause 4 um, was a game that I played the crap out of when it was on PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus or whatever the heck they call it. Um, that was a free game, and I was like, whoa, this game is huge. It's There's so much to do. And it's sort of that same style of just like, yeah, the whole map is yours, and just <laughs> do whatever you want. And uh, so I, I have faith in that style of game, but I think secondly, and this is probably the more important thing, is that Ubisoft... I think has really taken a lot of big swings and, you know, I think when we were growing up, they were probably the, they were probably the scapegoat or at least the butt of the joke with some of the fails that they've had. But I will say Mm -hmm. that, you know, they have had some really, really big home runs. And so I, I would be, you know, totally excited to see what kind of, what kind of game they're able to throw together, not throw together, obviously. Um, but you know, what kind of, what kind of game is going to come out of a Ubisoft led, um, you know, something of this scale. It's just very interesting. I know that a lot of the, a lot of the attempts have sort of flopped in the past, or at least in recent times, something like Detroit become human, something like watchdogs Two. Or um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. You know, right. those style of games are just so huge and they're trying to do so much that it just doesn't happen. But I think we're at the point where those kinks have sort of been worked out in the industry. And so I think that there's a lot of potential here, honestly. Yeah, I know that it's an interesting kind of sell to be like, oh, it's going to be this massive, you know, game that allows you to explore and really, you know, really explore every nook and cranny of the galaxy, you know, like No Man's Sky, a game that is like not that popular with people. Uh, In fact, it's kind of the opposite is one that not a lot of people love, like outright love, like a Red Dead Redemption 2, which is, yes, a very massive game, but it's also like only like 70 to 80 miles you know uh, like square square miles like uh, of a map size to where this is planets and presumably systems and all of these different things i just am hoping that a game of this size isn't you know spreading itself too thin to where it's still able to deliver a story that is memorable and gameplay that is memorable and just not too repetitive I, i i'm totally fine with a game that is you know, big and encouraging people to really travel the galaxy and, and, and offer these different opportunities. I just hope it's not 
too on rails of like, yeah, you can explore all the galaxy, but you really have to do this mission kind of your own way. Or you, I mean, you really have to do this mission our way and not your own way. Cause if you are going to offer this fully customizable experience, make it be customizable and make me take, you know, maybe a road less traveled in order to do a certain thing. So I think that that could be really fun. Um, so the, the, you know, the, the giant open world, idea is something that a lot of people have wanted in a Star Wars game and if it is going to be as potentially mundane as something like Red Dead Redemption 2 is it's like yeah you can rob a train and get in a gunfight at a saloon but also you can like shave and take a bath you know and like play <laughs> poker and you know do, like do so much silly stuff in that game um, that which is kind of like the appeal of that is you can you can really walk both sides of being this outlaw but also just you know doing everyday kind of things if that is in Star Wars which is something that a lot of people have been asking for for years is that more of an appeal or is the dark side, light side kind of you choose the path with this customizable character? Is that more of the appeal for you? Well, I, I, as we've talked about, I'm a big PlayStation guy. I've never owned an Xbox. I'm a Sony kid. Um, and so one of the first games that I played on play on PlayStation three, when I was allowed to play like a little bit darker games, grittier games, um, was infamous one and two. And that was like the, that's the draw of infamous is like, you can do the good side or you can do the bad side. And it's like, Oh, I could, I could really, you know, I could get in there and I could kill people and whatever. Yeah. But I, I was like, okay, I want to have one file where I'm good. I want to have one file where I'm bad. And I'll tell you what, in that game, especially the good side is so difficult to do, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, the, the real draw is like, you can, you can kill people, you know? Um, so like, that's sort of a thing of the past. The, the, you know, the power of choice in video games has, I think, developed a long way. Um, so that makes more sense to be sort of the draw here. I do think that you're right though, that it's that side of it is going to play more into how memorable a story it is and the balance between linear storytelling versus open world explore exploration is really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm actually replaying The Last of Us. Um, Hell yeah, it's been brother. so long since I've played it. I've not played it since it came out. Um, so I'm, I'm replaying it right now as like a lead up to watching the show. Oh, you, um, haven't, you haven't watched it yet? No, I have. I'm saving it. I'm saving it's good, it. It's good shit, man. It's like good shit. It's really uh, good. <laughs> so I'm 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 playing it, and my wife is is also watching me play through most of it. So she kind of gets a general idea of like what yeah. she'd be going into watching the show. Um, so I'm I'm doing that right now, and like, and I love Naughty Dog. I as as a you know as a production company, yeah. I'm a huge Uncharted fan. But it is funny, like going through that game multiple times, or a, a game like that multiple times, where you're like, all right. I got to go, you know, grab a pallet while I'm swimming in the water so that yeah. Ellie can walk across it for the 10,000th time. Sure. You know, I have to go do this. And, you know, it's like, okay, I have to get away from these people and there's really only one way to go. Right. Um, that sort of thing really, it, it can sort of outdo the the fact that, it, that it's telling a story. But the story is so good in The Last of Us that it's like, okay, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for this story. Mm -hmm. Um so it is a difficult thing to balance, I would say. Um, but having that be the draw of not only is this you can do whatever, 
the the fact that you can have a character that can be whatever is much more appealing i think regardless of how that sort of impacts the the re- maybe repetitiveness of gameplay but being able to being able to choose your character and say okay I know that the, my next door neighbor who's playing this game is probably not this having the same experience as me, and that makes it fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah, I would also be curious to see, like, yeah, you can be a good, you know, a, a good person or, like, kind of a villain, but, you know, what is the sort of Star Wars niche that you're in? Are you a smuggler? Are you a bounty hunter? Are you a Jedi? Are you a whatever? Like, I, if it's you're just kind of this force user and you get to kind of choose how you want to use that it's like okay well what does the galaxy look like what period is it and you know like i'm kind of caught up in that of like well if i'm going to be a bounty hunter i kind of want to be like a ruthless you know willing to do what it takes kind of bounty hunter but if i want to be a a force user like yeah it's nice to you know be an upholding kind of jedi and to fight for the light but also like yeah but i can't use force lightning you know (laughs) like it's stuff like that like you kind of want to be able to choose that but if you're a smuggler you know like it i think there's with each sort of niche it offers like a different experience and so i'd be curious to see what that's like and then if this is such an open game having an opportunity to play a certain way and then like you said with infamous like having an opportunity to play on a completely different save and just choose like a different path um i think that that would be would be great as far as like the the ubisoft of 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 it all and like the technical the snowdrop engine i know that that is the same engine that the the division game uses as well as the new avatar game i'm not a uh i'm not a, a gaming insider i don't really have all the the texts and the opinions on that kind of stuff um but i i know that unreal is like the more popular one that a lot of the industry uses so i'd be curious to see what this offers that maybe that one doesn't like why are they choosing this one um i i don't have the the knowledge behind that um of like why this might be more conducive to something like that i don't really know but um i think that uh, a giant star wars galaxy that you can roam and really explore all the corners i i would really hope that there is that opportunity to just kind of hang out and you know okay yeah I'm, I'm a bounty hunter but i'm also i'm you know going to a clothes store and i'm getting the boots that i really want and just <laughs> like kind of silly stuff like that i i think with the more video game, you know, tech, technical capabilities that a lot of these systems have, it'll I think it allows for more stuff like that, as opposed to, like you were saying with The Last of Us, a great game, but it is really like, okay, you need to clear this area before you can move on to the other area, rather than just like, no, I'm just going to go to another planet and do, you know, something else. So um, I would be really uh, curious to see how they're able to pull this off. I think the nice thing, though, is like we're getting so many Star Wars games that I don't have like a lot of like stock in a weird way. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> people worked on this thing and if it's great cool if it sucks uh, we've got another studio working on games which kind of leads us to our next next topic Noah yeah. from Respawn uh, Star Wars the uh, new first person shooter that they're working on may or may not have some multiplayer um, uh, according to some job listings uh, that are seeking employees on the title um, Respawn is obviously the developer behind uh, Titanfall and Apex Legends as well as of course Jedi Fallen Order um, this is also coming from Inside 
Insider Gaming, and they've discovered that a new job listing um, for a position for a senior gameplay software engineer at Respawn, uh, that position is specifically tied to the company's untitled Star Wars first-person shooter. Respawn is apparently looking for quote-unquote quality of experience in developing multiplayer games for this title, um, meaning that a multiplayer component may be likely. You know, it's it's not confirmed or anything like that, so file this in the rumor category, um, but it seems like this will happen. Um, like we were talking about, this game will be utilizing the uh, Unreal Engine 5. Um, so what do you think about maybe having finally a new Star Wars multiplayer that's not just you know star wars battlefront 2 or um our favorite star wars hunters <laughs> well, hold on a minute there you you just i was like so on track and then that <laughs> threw me off because then i remembered that i have to be the one out of the two of us to uh to play star wars hunters when it comes out uh, Woo. to to see what it's all about no i i i do think it made me think of this that when we when we were talking about Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, we were very like, how does this game not have multiplayer? Like mm-hmm. why? I mean, it does, you know, but not, not the multiplayer that we know in, in modern gaming. I mean, the, I, I do think that the battle Royale landscape of multiplayer games has like changed what people look for in a multiplayer experience and i don't think that i don't think that studios are like wrong to to try to copy that that experience or even just a regular you know call of duty style multiplayer lobby that sort of thing has stuck so much in mm-hmm. in video games like way more than than i thought that it would and you get all these games that are like why does this have multiplayer why does uncharted have multiplayer that's mm-hmm. so weird you know <laughs> That kind of stuff, yeah, sure, that's weird. But for something like this, a first-person shooter, of course it should have multiplayer. I think that that would be so awesome. Um, And again, going back to the LEGO Star Wars argument, if if this game happens and it doesn't have multiplayer, like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. that's the obvious, that's the obvious thing to do. Um, So obviously, you know, like we said, not confirmed, not confirmed in any way, just kind of rumored, just speculated. But I do think that this is sort of the, the, the logical direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's unusual for a lot of first-person shooters to not have like a component like this, especially from Respawn, considering that they've made Titanfall and Apex Legends especially, which Apex is like a very popular, you know, multiplayer game even having like uh, certain tournaments and, you know, and, and esports and all that kind of stuff. So that would be an interesting move for them to like not capitalize on one of the largest properties in entertainment being Star Wars, you know. But for me, like it all breaks down to is it truly going to be a first person or am I going to be able to see the person that I want? Like I, I want a third person option, you know, like how yeah. Battlefront is. Battlefront, you can be first person, but you can also be a uh, third person and see, you know, if I'm a clone, I want to be, a, I want to see a clone. No, if I'm a droid, I want to see a droid, man. Otherwise it's just, you know, blasters and me shooting at other droids and or clones or whatever it's, you know, will be in this game. Um, I just want that. I want that capability. I like, I'm not a, 
difficult guy to please, you know, in that sense. <laughs> like, if I'm going to spend time getting, like, all these cosmetic upgrades and stuff like that, I want to be able to see it, you know? If I get a camo on my armor or whatever, I want to see it, Noah. I want to see it. Yeah, it's just so funny that, like, thinking of it that way... I don't know. I I keep saying that like, oh man, this stuff has stuck since the beginning and we, you know, gamers haven't changed it at all. But I do remember the days where it was like, great, I'm jumping on Modern Warfare 2 and, you know, this, this and that. And it's like, oh man, I accidentally set it to, to third person. This is horrible. I hate it. Get this crap out of here. Yeah, but and with now, like Battlefront, like, you can switch it like mid game, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's exactly what you'd want. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, I've been... I have been recently getting back into playing PUBG with my brother. Um, and that's a game where it's like, you can, again, you can switch to first person uh, mid game, but it's so much better playing third person. Mm-hmm. Um, so also it's funny that you mentioned battlefront. Cause I, for a little bit now I've been like, man, maybe I should play battlefront. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, you know, all, all that to say, I, I do think that as a first person shooter, it makes sense to do multiplayer. It makes mm-hmm. sense to have that option as well. Um, because I don't know. I mean, people love Battlefront 2. Honestly, yeah. I like people really do like Battlefront 2. And I don't see any reason to not sort of stick with that. If I'm also thinking of what Respawn does as a company, like Titanfall, incredible, absolutely incredible. And even though it is a strictly first person game, you look at something like apex legends and that has that, that capability as well. Um, so it makes sense that we're sort of in that era of, yeah, freaking why not? You know? Yeah. I, I don't know much as we've, we've established about video games, especially like the technology and the specs and all that kind of stuff. But I do know that one unreal engine is already utilized in live action star Wars properties. Like that's what they use to, render the environments in the Mandalorian, which is really cool. But also I know that this particular iteration of Unreal being Unreal Engine 5 has that like nanite technology, like the geometry, which allows for these like super high level detailed environments and these massive expansive environments. I know that the uh, new Matrix game that is coming uh, is, is, is utilizing that technology. So that could also really offer for like this, you know, expansive experience experience too and uh yeah i i'm excited like i I like multiplayer games i like single player games and you know enjoying the campaign and all that kind of stuff but i'm a simple guy like i said if i can hop online and be an ewok and shoot you know at a walker and a couple imperial stormtroopers sign me up you know like that's great that's why i've been able to play star wars battlefront for like seven years now or however long (laughs) it feels like it's been you know i've been able to play that game forever and it's still exciting i'll probably play it tonight after we're done recording if we're being honest (laughs) well here's the thing garrett i'm calling you out on your bs i know that you don't play ewok hunt i know you don't play ewok hunt that is a straight up lie exposed no i'm the other end of it i like to be like emperor palpatine and just electrocute those little guys like that's oh yeah yeah it fills me with so much joy um yeah star 
Star Wars is coming back in a bold way to uh, the video games and multiple different platforms and studios and all those kind of things. So I think it's only a matter of time before we're going to be getting like so many games on that side because the uh, the whole, you know, uh, uh, like contractual like, yeah, it's one company and nobody else. Like now that that's kind of gone, uh, we really can see like everybody kind of throwing their hat in the ring. And I'm excited to see which ones stick and which ones do not because and which uh, ones are Star Wars hunters. Yeah, got it. Exactly. (laughs) Good way to put it, Noah. Um, The Bad Batch has uh, debuted their newest episode titled Entombed on Disney+. Uh, This is, I believe, the sixth episode of the season? Fifth episode. The fifth episode. So uh, you and I have been talking about this entire uh, second season. Uh, We've been uh, enjoying it. Uh, Not maybe as much as, you know, every single episode being the greatest thing in the world. So uh, I'm curious to see where you fall on the newest episode in tombs so what were your general thoughts on this new episode uh funny you ask uh i just need to get it out there i don't like this episode um i thought it was pretty bad and like it that's i want to not say that because i'm such a big fan of the bad batch yeah but like at a certain point we're we're gonna step back. I'm not gonna blindly. I'm not gonna blindly. You know, love Star Wars. Just like you know, we always talk about. Don't blindly hate Star Wars. Think mm-hmm. about it and analyze and and come to a conclusion based on what it means for you. And yeah. this episode did not do it for me for a myriad of reasons. And I think that there are a few things in general that like I can point to and say, okay, overall with this episode that was a good thing and it was just that moment and you know and maybe we'll just say that you know down the road that's going to have that's going to be the payoff you know down the road and so we're setting it up here and we're just going to leave it and that's the faith that I'll put in it but i i think face level separating this episode as it is by itself um i i really was i i okay hold on when when we were when we were talking at the beginning of this, I said like, yeah, it's been a long day, um, mm-hmm. and so I came home in a horrible mood. I was in the, like, the worst <laughs> mood, and I was like, and I was like, all right, I'm driving home. It's like the middle of a snowstorm here. Okay, yeah, I woke up I've to heard. like four inches of snow on my car, and I was like, okay, I'm driving home. It's snowy. It's wet. It's cold. I need to get in. I need to crack open a Pepsi and I need to sit on the couch and watch Bad Batch. And I came home and the fridge was empty, save for a two liter of Dr. Pepper that no one's been drinking because everyone hates Dr. Pepper. And so I was like, God damn it. I, it's just, okay. (laughs) It's just me and Dr. Pepper and the Bad Batch. Uh, and then the episode kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. Like I just was in a bad mood and I watched the episode and I was like, this is not making it any better. I'm not happy. I'm not having a great time. It's fine. I'll live. But like, I I think the thing that like was getting me through, it was like, I know that I'm going to be able to talk it out with my best friend who loves star Wars and we're going to, we're going to work through it and I'm going to forget <laughs> about the Dr. Pepper. And then immediately after we're done recording, I'm going out to the store and I'm, gra- I'm, ga- I'm grabbing like two 12 packs because I'll be damned if I come home to an empty fridge ever again. So, uh, 
those are my general thoughts. Thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED Talk. <laughs> those are some very general thoughts. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff there. I'm, I'm glad we could have this opportunity to unpack this General is, is the key word here, yeah. It's so funny. I had like the complete opposite experience, like as far as like the context surrounding the episode, not the episode okay, itself, yeah. but like like it's 72 today in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's like a gorgeous day outside. Like I woke up in a great mood. I had the day off. I woke up and made my coffee and had my my bagel and egg sandwich and was like all right time for star wars you know and like <laughs> i've been I, i've started this new tradition to where um i uh i i i have two of those like i think they're called the bean there or been there like the starbucks mugs like the star wars ones right, i have one right. from the phantom menace and i have one from the last jedi two quite different movies um and i think I uh, I've, I'm going to try to start like or not okay, too different if you think about it. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, I think what the Gungans <laughs> and the symbiotes are. No, yeah, we, we could do that. We could do a whole episode on that. But um, I've I've kind of thought of like what kind of episode is this going to be? Is this going to be like a real thoughtful, contemplative episode like The Last Jedi is for, you know, movies? Or is this going to be like, yeah, there's those conversations if you want to have them, but this is like a fun, silly, lighthearted kind of episode like The Phantom Menace is, you know? So I'm like, which one is it going to be? And I picked The Last Jedi. And let me tell you, Noah, was I I surprised (laughs) when this episode, I I wouldn't say it outright sucked, um, but for myself, (laughs) I was just kind of like yeah this isn't really moving the needle for me like this was just a really just kind of blase episode for me and i think the reason it is is be- like I think for a lot of people, this episode and last episode, last week's episode could be like categorized as just kind of like filler disappointment episodes. But you and I had fun with last week's episode. You and I liked last right, week's episode. Yeah. And I think that there is in the silliness of it all, like the Phantom Menace, in all the silliness, if you look a little deeper and scratch below the surface, you can find depth and intrigue and something to be said about the state of the galaxy, the state of these characters, what these actions and these adventures that we see these characters go on, what it says about them as as people and how they're navigating the galaxy. And I think that there's something to be mined from spending time with those characters in that particular adventure, even if it is really silly, you know? when you have uh, your boy uh, Ben Schwartz over there voicing like a sassy droid who gets ran over (laughs) a couple of times in the episode. And this episode is also like this pretty, like not mindless, but like just kind of pulpy meant to be kind of a fun adventure like you know this tomb raiding indiana jones kind of style adventure to where they find this you know secret artifact that takes them to the hidden temple of whatever and they unlock this power that's you know beyond their comprehension all that kind of stuff i think what's holding me back from enjoying this episode for what it's meant to be is it's just that like, it's just this yep. silly kind of adventure that we see these characters go on. It's not multifaceted to where I feel like Star Wars has to be. Star Wars has to be this adventure, dark or ser- serious or fun or whatever kind of tone you want to take it, but it also has to tell us something about these characters. There can be a silly episode of droids in the desert with Mieber Bas- Gascon, <laughs> but I think it has to say something about these characters. Obi-Wan Kenobi can go to a 50s diner and talk to a forearmed guy who's got grease stains on his shirt and hikes up his pants, you know, but it also has to say something about the characters, which I think it does. Jar Jar Binks says something about the 
you know, the relationship between the Gungans and the, the people of Naboo. You know, I think that it's not just fun and games. I think this episode is kind of just fun and games. Like, it's not really anything to where I'm able to, like, sink my teeth into and then find something that this says about any member of the Bad Batch other than maybe some stuff with Hunter. Like, I think there's some stuff with yeah. Hunter in this, but not to the degree that I'm like... I think it justifies this entire excursion. I think an episode that is Indiana Jones expired and that is this, you know, tomb raiding adventure with these characters could be really exciting. However, I just don't think it's explored in a way that I'm, I find substantive enough to be what I think star Wars is, which is both of those things. Yeah. I I think you really hit the nail on the head there and it's difficult in, you know, in talking to some people about, about Star Wars in general, where, you know, somebody can watch a Star Wars movie and be like, oh, I think that this is this, this and that. And, and I've had this conversation so many times. I think it's so funny. And I like, I honestly don't feel guilty about it, but, uh, you and I, uh, and our significant others, uh, at the time went to see the rise of Skywalker. And, I always have this conversation with my wife that we walked out of that movie and someone like Rachel, my wife was like, boy, that was fun. And immediately we were like that movie. Oh my God. And just like went into it. And she was like, Oh, that kind of bummed me out because you guys thought about the movie too hard, you know, sure. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so for some people, you know what, uh, for some people, they just want to sit down and watch it. And then when it's, when it's done, they turn off the TV and they go about their day, but totally. that's not, us. And there's no, there's no and shame in that either. I, no, I think not. that that's yeah. like, that's how I started as a star Wars fan. I'm not going to act like when I was two years old, three years old, watching attack of the clones and the phantom menace. I was like, well, if you think about it, this is actually an allegory for how <laughs> like fascism, you know, like I'm, I'm not really. It, uh, the pew pew pews are there for me and the fun adventure which is totally a part of star wars that's the appeal and i think as i've gotten older as a star wars fan i think you and i would agree that it, it encourages me to love this galaxy even more not just Absolutely. for that stuff so i don't think that rachel your wife is like wrong or like less than for right. enjoying it on that level it's like great cool but for me it didn't work for like these other reasons you know right so I, I think you hit the nail on the head there that, you know, this is sort of, it's sort of missing that. And I, I think that it feels that way because we came off of an episode where like I've, I saw so many people on Twitter talking about it that was like, we don't use the word filler around here, you know, where, mm-hmm. where that last week's episode wasn't filler because we can say, okay, but it, it, it is important. Um, and so I think you're totally right that we're sort of detracted from that at this point in this episode where it really is just a one and done sort of, you know, it starts and then it's over adventure. And I, I will say just to add on top of it, and it could be, it could be my bad mood today, but like the fun and games of it all, where it's just fun and games, I think in this episode is not very fun all the time. I don't think that all of it is as fun as it maybe could be. Um, sure. There's like puzzle solving and stuff, but it's not really solving puzzles. It's one character telling everyone else what to do and like knowing exactly everything about the situation that they're in. And it's very frustrating sure. because if I think of something like Temple of Doom, where it's like, okay, 
how is Indy going to get out of this? And he, you know, stumbles upon the right answer or, or, you know, or discovers something that leads him in the right direction, or even, you know, sees some, sees someone else try it and fail. And is like, Oh, I just, I learned something important. And now I figured out how to do this thing. I outsmarted this and, and now, you know, whatever I can continue with the puzzle. That's, that's not this yeah. in this episode, you know? Well, like uh, on that point, um, and then we can like kind of, uh, we're, we're discussing a lot of general thoughts in this, which I think is good. It's good to work through a lot of these things. But I think that like Indiana Jones, especially, which I was going to come up a lot in this because I think this is yeah. very intentionally supposed to be like that. There's even some like puzzles in this that are literally just Indiana Jones, um, as well as the episode like ends on like a, a reference towards Indiana Jones. But yeah, I think yeah. in that you see a lot in the indie movies, the people that don't make it through these temples and the people that end up either dying or just like not able to navigate the situation as with the same level of expertise as Indy is, is because Indy has like a reverence and a respect and an understanding of the, you know, what he's kind of going into, but it's like the ego and the selfishness of others that like leads to their demise with this. You're right. It is just a lot of the bad batch, like trying something, something goes awry. And then, you know, uh, one other character just is kind of like, well, actually this thing. And then, you know, and then they just move on to the next room and then it's just kind of that again, um, to where I don't really feel like a lot of the members of the batch other than Omega are like really able to contribute in a way beyond just kind of like being along for the ride. Um, and, and something that you, you know, you were kind of alluding to as far as like diving into some of these things, uh, and really enjoying these, these movies and these shows and these comics and books and all this kind of stuff. I think that that is not just like something that us nerds are really getting into. I think it's something that is like in the text, you know, it's not subtext that the prequels are about like how we give away fascism and how it like works itself into the system. It's the text. Like that's what the story is about, you know? And I think George uh, certainly would, would continue to, or would, would encourage fans to dive into some of that stuff because like he's even been pretty open of like you guys weren't getting it with Darth Vader man like you thought he was just this <laughs> cool action figure that was killing a lot of people but the guy's pathetic you know like and he has been open about that in interviews so I think George above anybody encourages like critical thinking and I think now especially if anybody was to look down on, on and I'm not saying that Rachel was but if anybody was to look down on fans who you know think too hard about this kind of stuff i just firmly believe that like media literacy is like at a real dark time right now like media literacy literacy is so absent that it becomes a little dangerous at points to where i think people can like manipulate certain characters or stories to their own kind of will or what they think that these characters represent or stand for yeah, yeah. that is just completely you know uh, uh, completely antithetical to whatever that character believes in. But I, I also think that, um, and I was watching, so my, my girlfriend's been watching uh, The Mandalorian. We're like nearly finished with season two, and this is her first time watching it, and which has mm -hmm. been really cool. And uh, in between season one and two, I wanted to show her a few of the episodes of the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian thing, especially like involving the volume because i thought that that's like a really integral part of the mandalorian and i wanted to show her that because i thought like it's impressive especially in that first
season. The context, um, yeah, is, is important there. Yeah, sure. And then I also wanted to like her to know who like Dave Filoni is. Like she knows John Favreau. She's a big MCU lover. So, but like I wanted to show her of like this is Dave Filoni and he's created all of these other things. But Taika Waititi in that first episode of the Disney Gallery of season one, he said something that I was like. I don't know if I caught that the first time. And he said that Star Wars doesn't take itself too seriously, but it believes in itself, which I was like, put that on a t-shirt, man. Like that's a really succinct way to think about this. And I think that this episode definitely has that quality of not taking itself too seriously, but I don't think it believes in itself in the sense of we want to have these galaxy hopping adventure pew 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 stories with these characters the pulp and the the you know the flash gordon of it all but also really having something to say and i don't think that each episode needs to be this you know earth shattering reveal about these characters or to really be like this emotional gut punch of an episode but i think that you don't have to sacrifice depth for offering fun adventure and the reason i know that is because star wars has always done that and i don't want to act like i'm saying that this episode is like antithetical to star wars i think it's just missing key ingredients that make some of the best star wars just that the best star wars to where this i think at the end of the season is going to be one that kind of just um you know fades in the background for me um so for myself this is a thumbs down but it's kind of like a like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed kind of thumbs down, you know? I, I think I'm in the same, I think I'm in the same area. I kind of, I've worked out a little bit of my aggression, I would say. Um, I'm still upset about the Dr. Pepper. That's, that's a separate thing. <laughs> that's just something um, you're going to have to work out with uh, you and, and Walmart at the end of this episode, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, but I will agree. I'm going to, I'm going to put my thumb down um, and not, Again, not because I'm like mad at it, because I, like I said, when we were kind of going into general things, I could see how maybe by the end of everything, I can point to this episode and say, actually, this this one had a couple things where it's like, oh, that's kind of the spark of this beginning of this, you know, thing that evolved later, which we'll we'll talk about and I'll try to remember to to point to when we get there. Um, yeah, but I do think that overall we are almost at the we're almost at the halfway point of the season um and so coming up to the the halfway point where we're going to have two episodes releasing at once sort of at that mid-season finale we should be getting into the meat of whatever the rest of the season is going to be about and i think that Mm -hmm. this is sort of faltering on that so that's where i'm at as well Yeah, so let's go ahead and dive on into the episode itself. Uh, The episode begins with Wrecker and Omega, who are kind of like picking through different things at junkyards. They're actually looking for a compressor. Um, And then uh, Wrecker is able to find this piece of equipment. Uh, But while digging through the scrapyard, Omega picks up this unusual artifact. I don't know about you. But like the compressor is something that we hear a lot of in Star Wars of, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, putting too much pressure on the compressor. Like they talk about in Rise of Skywalker, Ray bypasses the compressor. And when Wrecker yeah, actually picks it up, uh, when Ray or when uh, Wrecker picks it up and he's like, I found the compressor. I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of it because like that's the first thing I think of when I hear the word compressor at all yeah. Um, yeah i do a lot of audio mixing and compressor is a like yep. <laughs> is a common term in audio mixing and so i'm like Haha. and like that so that to me i was like that's funny because that doesn't look like the thing that ray holds in uh the force awakens but also 
it totally doesn't matter. Also, like I hated that. I hated that line when I first saw the movie. And then like the second time I saw it in theaters, cause I saw it four times in theaters. I was like, yeah, she bypassed the compressor, baby. Like, I love it. Uh, that's, yeah. that's my, that's my absolute shit right there. It's, it's so great. And I don't know, like, so Ray holds up something and it looks like a couple of batteries taped together, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> Is that the compressor? Because she says like she bypasses the compressor. So is it like, um, like I used to work in uh, facilities at the university that I went to. So we do like maintenance and stuff like that. Yeah. And when we would be going through the dorms and like checking water pressure and, and, and things, especially like in shower heads, um, if the pressure was really low, we would like unscrew the shower head. And there's actually this kind of like... I don't know what the technical term for it is, but it kind of just like limits the pressure that the shower is having. So people aren't getting like, you know, shot with water. But if it was, if the, if it was kind of just like piddling out, we would just pop that thing out. And usually it helped a lot. So like if I popped that thing out and I was like, I fixed the shower head, I'm not holding the shower head. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like that's a little, so I'm wondering if like she's holding that and like, that's the compressor or if it's the, you know, the thing that she popped out of the shower head, so to speak, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, Wrecker holds it and it's like this kind of disc with a tube on it and like little kind of like gears on the on the end of it. And I was just kind of like, huh, but I would imagine with different ships, it probably looks different. I would imagine a compressor for a Star Destroyer looks quite different than one on like a speeder or something like that. Even if there even needs to be one, I I think a a compressor is just for hyperdrive, right? Right. You never know. You never know. And we'll never know. No one will ever be able to find one solid answer. I'm sure that there are plenty of cross sections and things like that that probably do have the answer. But here's the thing. I I, I don't care. Anyway, back at SIDS, <laughs> Noah. Uh, Figanoia, I believe is how you pronounce the name, tells Omega that she's found an object that contains mysterious coordinates for a location in Kaldar, the trinary system. Uh, that potentially may hold uh, this long lost and mysterious treasure. Um, while Omega is like talking to to you know Fee and and all of these people, she kind of like overhears her telling these kind of like tall tales. So I think it kind of like weaves in the suspicion of you know is she a, a trust you know a trustworthy source or is she kind of like a the fish was this big sort of person. Before we yeah. continue, I wanted to ask because this is something that I was. I don't know if you do this. I watch Star Wars sometimes, especially like the live action shows and especially during the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan to where like I watch it and I go, fans aren't going to like that. Like fans are not going to like that. Like I, <laughs> I, I just kind of like wince for it. And I don't know if it wasn't like, oh, I need this to happen. But I was just curious if, if fans are going to react this way. Did you have a, any sort of bit in you that was kind of like, I wish Fee was Dr. Afra. Like, I wish she was just a, an established fan favorite <laughs> character. Or are you kind of just like, no, cool, new character in Star Wars, great. Uh, that's hilarious that you ask that because that is, ex- that's like my exact thought. And it's one of my, like, one of my issues with this episode is not her as a character or Wanda Sykes as a voice actor at all. But it's just like, she. <laughs> she should be Hondo. Like, that's just my, that that's what's in my notes is that she should be Hondo. Like, that's just how it is. I like, not that I'm like, I hate this character, whatever. But over the course of this episode, I'm like, the, these problems that I'm having with this episode are because of this character. It's not the character that I'm having problems with. Like, 
I know we talked a lot about the Martez sisters um, when Clone Wars was happening and, mm-hmm. th- you know, that side of thing. And I was like, I really don't drive with these characters. That's not it here. I don't think it's Fee as a character, but I'm like, I don't, I don't believe this character. And in a way that's like, I don't believe that they are a Star Wars character. She says something about an octomorph and I was like, that's not a Star Wars thing. She's she's making that up, you know, which is uh, obviously I'm, I'm joking. I'm, that's absurd um, because she says about like 10 made up things in one sentence that we've not heard mm-hmm. before. And I don't know. I just for me, I was like, I, I'm not I don't know. I totally get what you're saying, though. I'm sort of on this. I'm, I'm sort of on the same the same track. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think for me it's like you know, has to like the every, you know, for somebody who is like not in love that the habit of the Mandalorian season two is that like characters just keep popping up who are like some of the biggest, most significant characters, like in all of star Wars, you know, like, and Din Djarin meets most of them in like a span of a week and a half, you know, like I, as somebody who has that complaint, I'm not like, yeah, but also make this new character. Someone we're familiar with. I think it was more of just like, I wonder if people are going to be upset or like frustrated with this thing. Yeah. I think with all that being said, I don't think Fee is the issue with this episode. I think Wanda Sykes does a good job. I think she matches yeah, this character yeah. well. Um, I, I I think Fee is like a cool addition to Star Wars. Would Doctor Aphra have been cool? Uh, yeah, that would been awesome. You know, like <laughs> and I, I like to introduce that character in animation and have it be a surprise could have been really great. Um, it's not a it's not a prerequisite for me. It was just more of like a curiosity with some fans. I I'm fine with either. I don't know if Aphra would have even, you know. Uh, would have even have kind of like offered anything new that this episode is missing for me. I don't think that Afro would have like, you know, filled in that puzzle piece. I think Afro is like a really selfish character work, which could have, you know, taught the batch a lesson or something like that. I don't know, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with either. Again, it's not, it's not the issue with this episode is I'm like, right. you know, it's all on Fee's shoulders. It's just, yeah, uh, more of a curiosity than anything. Um, the rest of the batch reluctantly agrees to join in on this treasure hunt uh, to an uncharted planet. I wanted to ask because Hunter and some of the other members of the batch are kind of like, uh, mo- but mostly Hunter are kind of like a little uh, apprehensive about going on this mission, but they kind of go more because of like Omega's wishes to do so. What did you think was really the motivating factor for Hunter mostly to kind of say, you know, all right, let's go. It's weird because like, it's kind of played off as like, well, we're not really doing anything else and you know, why not? Um, but it is strange. I think it's, I think it is setting up sort of that relationship between Hunter and, and a character like fee that will kind of cross later, um, of where that sort of leads, Um, but I do think, I don't know, it's strange because it felt not like necessarily forced, but it's just like, I don't think there was a good enough reason to not go on this little expedition thing. They're, they aren't doing anything else at the, at the current moment. Um, but it, maybe it's just one of those things that's like Hunter and Echo, especially are the ones that are like, this isn't really worth our time. And who knows if we can even trust this person. Um, so maybe there's some of that apprehensiveness and, I thought, I will say, because you bring up Omega, I thought that it was going to be something where, like, Omega's super excited to do this thing, doesn't realize that it's, you know, maybe fishy, maybe dangerous, whatever, and sort of learns something as a result of that. And someone like Hunter is able to say, like, listen, you can't just, 
You can't just follow, you know, where the fun is. You have to think yeah. about these things. That didn't really happen. So I don't know. I don't know, honestly. It reminds me of like there's a a conversation that uh, uh, Shem Sandula has with Hunter in like the prior season where he's talking about Omega and like, you know, Sham's daughter, Hera Sandula. And he, they're kind of like lamenting about the fact that like this childhood and this kind of innocence of childhood has been robbed from them. And like because of the empire and all of this, they have to like grow up really quickly. I think that that is something that maybe not consciously, you know, in the writing of this episode, I think it's something that Hunter might be kind of struggling with here is like Omega, they've tried their best to give her these, you know, childlike things. Like she's got her own room and it's filled with like things that make her who she is. But also like she's been kind of forced to live this tougher, more dangerous life of doing all of these things. And so, you know, in going on this adventure, they're kind of like, sure, let's do a little bit more of a fun one, I guess. For me though, I'm also kind of like, it's not like she's doing homework the entire time. Like she goes on these adventures and is like a part of the team. So she's still having like fun. I would assume, you know, like she's still out doing things and making a difference in the galaxy. She just went to a race (laughs) last week, you know, and who knows how much time has passed. I think that with this, this excuse of like, well, let's go have some fun. Isn't that uh, convincing to me? And not to contradict what I literally just said, but there's a character, and go with me, Mr. George. There's a okay. character in, in Star Wars Resistance that I think would have oh been a really boy. cool introduction in this episode, or like a reintroduction, a backwards introduction, I suppose. There's a character, I don't know if you remember, called Mika Gray, who is this uh, archaeologist uh, who is in um, uh, Star Wars Resistance, and they go to like this old Sith temple. I don't know if you remember that in that show. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. But how cool would it have been to have a character like Mika Gray introduced, and not just because like, oh, cool, there's that thing from that other thing, but no, I think Mika Gray is a character who does this sort of archaeological explorations for like moral reasons. And I think that is much more of a convincing thing because I think that a lot of this season, especially so far, is like they're planting these seeds of like Echo and Omega think that maybe they could be doing more in the galaxy and like how cool would it have been for them to go on this adventure and to go on this, you know, uh, kind of temple, you know, rummaging sort of thing because of you know, we're trying to find something to keep it out of the hands of the Empire or or something like that you know, motivating this real sense of urgency rather than just like, I don't know, let's go and have some fun. You know, what are you thinking? Are you you tracking with me? It it is funny though, because like I would, from the outside, look at an episode like that where it's like, okay, this week they're doing this thing and then by the end of it, they're done. And if it were something like, okay, we have to do this as kind of our due diligence to, you know, to fight back against the empire, like yeah. from the outside, I would look at an episode like that and be like, yeah, it's fine, you know, and that's that's sort of it. But no, knowing that this is sort of the that this is the alternative option, that that the alternative option is nothing to do with anything. And just because it's you know, I, I yeah, I would much prefer some sort of connective tissue there, not because it necessarily needs it, but because like that just sort of works in this context of like we said, where are we going with these characters 
from the beginning of the season, where are we going to end up? And this, like you said, you know, having that motivation, it, it, it tracks with everything else in a way that, that I think logically lines up. I could totally see something like that you know, coming across the writing room table and, and being like, yeah, great. Okay. Uh, that'll be, I don't know what episode five. Sure. Done. Ship it, send it, whatever. Um, yeah. so it, it is interesting that like looking back, that would be something that I would prefer. You know, I, I'm totally tracking with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But instead the rest of the uh, batch kind of reluctantly, uh, agrees to, to go to this planet. It's deep in the mountains. They discover this hidden entrance to a temple that supposedly predates the Republic and even the Jedi, um, apparently originating from an ancient civilization called the, the Sakara Nal, something like that. The Sakra Nal? Sakra Nal? Sakra Nal? Something like that. Um, I will admit, when, when you know, they're like, it's even older than the Jedi, I kind of perked up a little bit. I was like, ooh, interesting. Maybe a little something, you know, uh, some, if not like an emotional canon maybe like some canon canon we can like kind of learn of something um this ancient power which is you know spoiler alert just a big old monster um (laughs) (laughs) uh, fee tells the group that they are in on the trial of the heart of the mountain a treasure that all pirates are supposedly familiar with so this is like a very famous kind of thing that they've discovered here um the rest of the gang continue to proceed using the markings on the walls that they find themselves surrounded with as well as this compass and that's kind of a cool reveal is that Omega decides to use this compass and look through it as this sort of like seeing glass in a way um, in that she's able to kind of illuminate these different tiles that they're supposed to like orchestrate together in order to to kind of move on to the next stage, you know? Well, the thing is, what was like, what was your first thought when it was like, oh, you know, they got to use the compass. What did that remind you of first? Um, as far as like, uh, other movies and things like that. Yeah. Other, other media. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, say like Indiana Jones, uh, obviously like the staff of rod and having that be in this, you know, su- particular kind of, uh, angle that triangulates the power of the sun and, you know, points to exactly where they, you know, need to go. I think that that's certainly, um, an element from this movie. What about you? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I love crap like that. I think that that's, I think that's awesome. Um, but it just reminds me of the Sith dagger from rise of Skywalker. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) And and, which is funny because it's like, this is, this episode is so, like we've said, it's so Indiana Jones. It's so Goonies that, you know, like my second thought was the, was the Goonies where they have like the, the coin, the medallion and they line it up with the mountains where like that, you know, totally tracks with this. I, I was frustrated because it was like, okay, we have to, we have to do this thing. And then it's like, yeah, okay, that's it. Um, and it takes absolutely no, like, no guessing, no, like, trial and error, no nothing, where it doesn't feel like there's a puzzle being solved. It was, it's a little frustrating, but I still am like, okay, I'm partial to that, like, MacGuffin-esque, like, puzzle-solving thing. Um, I just thought, I just thought that that was interesting. Yeah, for me, it wasn't real, uh, you know, it wasn't a big issue. Um, I think the... The the dagger and the rise of Skywalker thing is again, it's like a different frustration that I have with that. It's not yeah, oh, they use this, 
artifact to uncover the lo- the hidden location of whatever. Like I'm fine with that. That's super pulpy and weird and silly. I think with Rise of Skywalker, it's it's not that the wreckage hasn't shifted at all and like you know erosion <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It's not that either. It's more of like you went through all this trouble to find this hidden dagger to point to the super secret location that this artifact is hidden in and it's just hidden in Palpatine's office. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it's being like, we're we're looking for the stack of money that Garrett has. Where is it at? It's in his apartment. It's like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) That's where I keep all my other stuff. Um, Yeah. That's more of my issue. I think with this, it's just kind of like, uh, it wasn't an issue for me. I, I think it was like a fun kind of clever reveal. I think it also makes it so like, you have to have this thing in order to find that thing where the dagger, I don't think that you really have to, like, I don't think it really tells you much other than where is his office at in relation to uh, his office, the throne room, you know, where is it at in relation (laughs) to the wreckage? Like, where has it fallen? I guess that that's really the only kind of distinction. This feels like you have to have that thing in order to kind of, you know, move on, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, that makes sense. It's just one of those things that I was like, yeah, I don't know if people would like this. Like you had said earlier, being able to watch this and be like, "Uh, that's not going to that's not going to hit for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a thing in a movie and I've been trying to look while you were talking. I feel like there's a thing in a movie that's like a green triangle that has like a hole in the center of it that like they look through. It's driving me nuts. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about or am I losing my mind right now? Explain it a little bit more. So it's like they need to look through this piece. It's like a little like emerald kind of green triangle. It's like stone, but not really. It's like whatever, like a ring would be made out of. Like a jade, like a, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a triangle, but there's a circle in the middle. And I feel like there's a movie where they have to like look through this thing in order to see a thing. And I'm trying, like my Googles are nonsense. It's like movie green triangle treasure. And it's Google's like, what are you talking about? Um, That's hilarious uh, because that's exactly what I did. However... Uh, you are correct, and I'm. Oh wait, I'm, it's Car- uh, it's Cor- it's Coraline. I found it. Yeah, I was about. I was just about to say <laughs> yes. I because I've seen that movie a few times. That's Rachel's favorite movie. Yeah, yes. it's Coraline. Cool, love Coraline. That's a great one. Yeah. Anyway, don't know what my mind thought of that. I'm glad I. If anything, I'm glad I found it. Cool, because I was like gonna drive me nuts <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest of this episode. And the rest of this episode would have sucked. Um, but Fee tells the group that they are uh, on this trail. Uh, and again, this is like a super uh, famous thing that they have to find. But as they are like navigating through this temple, they kind of uh, awaken some sort of beast that leaps down from the ceiling and attacks. Wrecker, they're in. They manage to kind of like thin themselves off from this giant creature, but they are separated. Um, Omega, Fee, and Hunter are on one side. Wrecker, Tech, and Echo are on the other side. But it doesn't really matter. They kind of just like meet up at the <laughs> end, you know. Like it, it's not like they're separated for the rest of the episode. And you know, Fee double crosses them, and the rest of the batch is unable to like step in. And you know, it it they 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 kind of reunite in seconds. So I'm kind of just like, what was the point? You know what I mean? Well, it's it's funny because like they they Hunter and Omega and Fee like continue on and have to keep doing the trials. I guess yeah. the you know the the puzzles and whatnot. And the rest, Wrecker and Tech and Echo are like, okay, we're going to have to make our way through these creepy tunnels where there's a beast lurking around. But then they just walk through the tunnel and they're like, oh, okay, all right. We Well, I guess we could have just gone this way before uh, and gotten to the end and we didn't have to yeah. go through the, the trial because there was no danger at all whatsoever. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
it, yeah, not, not I also great. think it, it could have been cool if like, instead of just some mindless monster, it was like maybe locals or something like that, that were trying to like keep them from finding this thing because they're like, you're about to unwi- you know, unearth this power. Like that is beyond you. Like, you know, there's a movie called the ruins. It's an awesome horror movie. And these people like not to, I, I won't spoil it, but these like tourists, these American tourists go to this Mayan temple and they like climb all the way to the top. And as they try to get down, there's people surrounding the temple, like pointing guns at them. And they're like, you can't leave. And one of them tries to leave and they shoot them, you know, but you don't know why they're not allowing them to leave. And like, how cool would it be to kind of have some like zealot locals who are just like these people, these outsiders are here and they're going to, you know, unearth this, this beast. Like, I, I, I think that that's something that could have been a threat to the bad batch that they would kind of have to like, you know, navigate in an interesting way, or it could just be like a big monster that's trying to eat them, you know? <laughs> well, I will say this. I've not seen the ruins, uh, but it has some of my favorite like B and C list actors in it. Um, I will absolutely have to check that out. Dude, check it out. It is a yucky movie. Like it is really gross. And there's a lot of like body horror stuff in it. I wouldn't look too much into it in you as well. Listeners like check out the ruins. Like that movie is really sick. <laughs> All right. Well, we just might. Add it to the letterboxed watch list for sure. Um, while crossing a path, Hunter nearly falls to his doom by way of a shoddy subflooring as the uh, ground kind of crumbles beneath him. Definitely reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Is like you have to yeah, step on these like, like shot for shot. Yeah, yeah, you got to step on these like certain areas, and others are just kind of gonna fall. Um, after being uh, narrowly rescued by Fee, Omega discovers that the compass once again uh, can be used to show markings of the right path that they need to take which happens to be on the ceiling. Um, but it is easily remedied by the compass, uh, also using it as a key to turn the passage upside down so they can cross safely. This was something else that I also wasn't like in love with is like this device is kind of just this, you know, just end all be all sort of thing to where again, in Indiana Jones, like Indy has to use his wits and he has to use his knowledge and his intelligence to get through this. Where Fee and Omega in this, they're kind of just like, I don't know, let's just use this key the entire time, which tells us exactly what we have to do. You know, it wasn't something to where I really felt like, oh, that's why Fee is this kind of legendary archaeologist, you know? Well, it, it feels sort of like one of those, you know, one of those like, putting a hat on a hat type things where you're using the compass to show the markings where you need to step, but you also have to use the compass to turn the passage the correct way so that you can walk across and the markings don't mean anything. It's just making it a safe path. You've already established that the compass shows sort of the correct path. You have to have this thing. So why wouldn't you just use it to illuminate the actual steps you need to take instead of yeah. just using it as a cheat, like to, to, I don't know. It, it was, is very strange. I, again, those nitpicky things where it's just like, that seems like such a random, like, okay, great. And we're on to the next one. Oh, we're not on to the next one. We're just done. Okay, great. You know? Yeah. I think it's like, I don't think we're being overly critical or nitpicking. I think it is these things that kind of add up to this, lack of potential of like or this failure to capitalize on potential of like well how can we use these characters to navigate the situation and how does them navigating it 
what does it tell us about these characters and like reveal about their intentionality and like what they want to use this treasure for. And I think it is kind of like a, a missed opportunity that, okay, well, we've got these characters in this temple and there's this power to be had in them trying to obtain that power. What can that say about them other than just like, well, we almost fell down anyway, let's go this way. You know, like, I think it's just yeah. kind of, yeah. uh, 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 it adds up. It adds up. Unfortunately, um, after locating the heart fee removes it. However, the walls around them begin to glow and a huge blue sky beam straight out of an MCU movie from 2012 blasts into the mountains and to the sky, revealing that they've been journeying through this giant like kaiju mech monster that we saw from the trailer i was kind of not gonna lie i was i was my attention was fading as this episode was going on but this was something where i was like they're, they're in a monster the whole time like that was that was a, a real surprise for me i don't know about you um i hate to be such a downer but like when this happened i was like what what? Why? <laughs> like, like that was like my exact reaction because we saw that in the trailer and like yeah. n- having that out of context, I was like, what kind of mess are they getting into now? Like what is sure. season two going to be? This is crazy. And now it's like, that was weird, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be so cynical about it, but one will just, you know, we can at least say like, yeah, that's, you know, strange reveal. Definitely a, definitely a twist. I think that the design is really cool. I think that when that, that stuff starts happening, it's like, yeah, that's, that's interesting, but it's like, it's still very like, you know, we talk about how similar it is to some of these movies. It's very on the nose. It's Indiana Jones. It's Aladdin in the the cave of wonders, you know, like that's, it's that sort of thing, but also at the same time, it did like, like you said, I was sort of like, okay, where are we going with this? Like we gotta, we gotta be doing something. And as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, that's okay. Why? I don't, I'm not fully like, okay, this doesn't make, this doesn't make a lick of sense. And everyone in the episode is acting like it makes tons of licks of sense and it doesn't make a lick of sense. So I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was befuddled. I was absolutely bamboozled. I, I certainly have questions of like, is this a machine or is it a creature? It certainly seems to be a machine, but like in a, in a galaxy to where there are star destroyers and death stars and all of these other powers, like who created this thing? Why did they decide to make it like uh, a, a quadrupedal kind of you know, monster that walks around. It's a, Does it have ro- it's a big old llama. That's what Does it, it is. have rocket boots. Like, so what <laughs> it's going to ravage this planet, which doesn't have any inhabitants. Like it just seems like a ghost land. It's probably already killed everybody who lives on there. So like, I didn't feel like a big, you know, Oh, we can't take this heart and take the keys to the thing because like, they sell it and then somebody else can find it. And I guess like transport it to another planet. I don't know. I was just kind of like, Again, is it a monster? Is it like a creature that's like bioluminescent and has all these things in them? It seems to have a mind of its own. Like, is somebody driving the thing? Does it have an objective of just like destroy, destroy, destroy? I don't know. I was just kind of, I was caught up in all the questions, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And so after watching the episode and, and being thoroughly confused and somewhat disappointed, um, I went straight to the internet just to see what was going on because I'm like, okay, yeah. 
I've avoided, you know, I've avoided spoilers, I've avoided reviews and everything so far, but let's see what people are talking about. And the, like, I guess the assumption is that this is like, okay, we have some lore bits from, you know, this is way back when, this is before the Jedi, this is, you know, and now we're, we're, we're talking about this one episode of The Bad Batch that begins and ends with no new information about any of that and it's taken so out of context and people are like oh boy it was probably this thing that happened way back in the day and you know it's not really canon but now it's you know we can we can ponder i'm just saying i'd rather not ponder i'd i'd rather not ponder this is so like far out of left field because ultimately it does not matter. It doesn't like, it doesn't confirm or conclude anything about, you know, wow, what if this is, what if this is from the ancient Sith wars and, and they use these, these massive weapons of, it doesn't matter. It so doesn't matter to these characters. I should say, if it matters to you, if you're like, you know, a massive old Republic and even earlier fan and you're like, yeah, this is like, this is crazy that now that we get this, you know, sort of, this sort of confirmation of this, sure, that's fine. To these characters, to this story, to this episode, they're gonna forget about it by next week. And that's and that's it. Like, and I will forget about it by next week. You know, so it it was frustrating in that way that it's like, what are we doing here? Do they even know? Not really. We're just gonna end the episode after this, and they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be like, well, that happened, you know, and then <laughs> and then that's it, you know. I don't know. I was just, it, that was doubly frustrating for me. Yeah. And it's not like I'm like, mm, big monster. <laughs> like, no, thanks. Like I, I like the Zillow beast. The Zillow beast is cool. Like, and I think yeah. it's, again, it's kind of what we're talking about as far as like, yeah, it's Godzilla and star Wars. And I think some people could be like, that's cool. Or that's dumb to where I'm like, sure, whatever. But also like, there's like a reason behind it and like a Godzilla it's not just about a big lizard who destroys a town it's also about like <laughs> it, it's it's about I'm a sorry, lot of stuff I'm, so, yeah. I'm sorry but you said like a Godzilla and like in my head immediately I was like state farm is there but it, like it was just the way that you said it you said like a Godzilla state farm is there that's what like that's what my brain completed as soon as you said that I'm sorry I'm tired <laughs> It's okay. I'm glad you got that out of your system. Uh, but <laughs> like a Godzilla, State Farm is there. Um, the Zillow Beast like reveals truths about you know about humans and and humanity yeah, and like Palpatine and the Republic and like there's something to be said there beyond just it's a big monster then to destroy stuff and cool to where this is just kind of like yeah it's a big monster and it shoots a laser at what nothing you know it's just like the ground <laughs> <At> <laughs> almost the ship yeah uh, yeah like, sometimes at, at that one yeah. droid and can we just talk about that for a second I'm so happy that that droid got absolutely toasted. Get oh, out of man. here, man. Dude's Those taking the place were... of Gonky and he and we thought that he wasn't gonna pay for it. No. Dude's gotta pay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know your lane. He got absolutely smoked, let me tell you that much. But yeah, like you know, maybe the thing could have destroyed the ship and they had to like stay on the, on this area and like they were lampooned there and it forced them to kind of, I don't know, do a something. I like, I don't know. Like, again, it's just kind of like forward movement, either in the plot or with these characters, what we know about these characters, state of the galaxy, literally something where it was just like, ah, big monster, pew, pew, pew. And it's just like, it's not my thing, man. It's not really my thing. Maybe I'm missing the point. I could be, but I, I tried and tried. I put on my thinking cap and there was just not much that I was able to to uh, derive from this, uh, but 
The Bad Batch barely make it out alive, uh, even with no treasure to show for it, uh, which is like a very Indiana Jones thing. I was fine with that. I wasn't like, they didn't get the treasure. What's the point? Like, Indiana Jones doesn't get the Ark of the Covenant and it's in a museum and that's like a happy ending. He doesn't get the, you know, the, the, uh, Holy grail. Like it, that's not the point, you know? So I was fine that they didn't get the treasure. I wasn't expecting them to. Um, but again, what does it reveal about these characters is my question. Well, um, I mean, didn't, a, we, oh, didn't we ahead. already do that though with like, with the, with the, uh, the war chest, you know? Right. Yeah. The, that was the, another thing go. I wanted. Yeah. That was <laughs> another thing I wanted to say. It's kind of like, we've, we, we kind of talked about some of this stuff, man. Like it was in the first episode. Where were you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they discuss if uh, maybe it was a good thing after all that they were able to get rid of this super weapon for good, and they kind of walk off into the sunset, and Fee is, like, spinning another yarn about this treasure of on whatever planet, and it has to do with, like, this secret chalice, which is kind of like a new reference to the Holy Grail and Last Crusade, and it kind of, you know, ends on that, and uh, ends on a bit of a whimper, if you ask me, personally. Well, here's the thing is we've talked a lot about the like the overarching like not not necessarily like the theme, but I guess the overarching question of this show is what is the Bad Batch going to do with their time? Are they going to be mercenaries? Are they going to are they going to do good for the galaxy? Are they going to fight back against the Empire? Are they going to, you know, continue to just survive and, you know, and make their way and and not really worry about anything else? Um Nowhere on that list was I thinking like treasure hunters. Um, <laughs> and like, I'm just, I just, I hope that, you know, if we're going to spend more time with Fee, I'd like to know that she is like a pirate and a scoundrel and what's her connection to Sid. And like, why is Sid, you know, why is Sid sort of distrustful of her? Why are, you know, why is the Bad Batch sort of distrustful of her? You know, that stuff matters, especially because now we we have reason to question Sid's loyalties. And I think, you know, this is the one thing that I wanted to point out is that early in the episode, um, Wrecker almost gets crushed by a rock that's falling and Fee like immediately dives to save him and and push him out of the way. And it's yeah. a, it's one thing that they don't mention, but you kind of notice it. And then again, Hunter falls and Fee is the first to jump and you know, and grab his grappling hook and, and pull him up and save him. And even again, Hunter repays the favor by, by saving her, um, when she almost falls out of the, uh, out of the big machine. So it's setting up this idea of like, okay, who can we trust? And this person has saved me. Are they going to double cross me? What's that going to be like when they do? And we've talked about this with Sid, but in the end, you know, we don't, we don't learn anything about these characters and their relationships. There's no moment of like, you know, Hey there, fee hunter here. Thought you, I, I thought you were kind of a scallywag and, and a, and a scoundrel, but you really had my back back there. And, uh, and you know, whatever, we yeah. just don't get it. And it's so strange that we don't get it. I don't understand, you know, where, where is that stuff? This isn't something that I see continuing with, with these episodes. And I hope it's not, I hope that we, you know, I'm not saying that I hope we just go back to random mercenary work, but like, I don't know. It's got to be better than this. Yeah, I think if it was something that, again, kind of revealed these truths about these characters, something that we've talked about, I think it's a good idea to have someone that Omega can look up to, especially a, like a woman. Like, that's great. You know, she has no other women in her life. And like, what does that look like for her? Like, 
you know, looking up to somebody and she obviously looks up to her. Omega like mimics her actions a lot in this, in this episode. And Hunter kind of take note, takes notes of that. It's a little unclear if he's like jealous or is just weary of like Omega looks up to this person. Like, are they going to double cross us and like, you know, manipulate her in a way? I, th- I think it could be a little both, but I just don't know if there's really anything that Omega learns about this episode or from this episode. I don't know if any of the other members of the batch like really change a lot. I don't know if there's like some moral that's being painted here. It's just really just not much. Again, it didn't really move the needle for me. I didn't like, I didn't hate this episode. It's not a terrible episode where I was like, Oh my God, you know, that character was so annoying. And we went on this pointless adventure and like the adventure wasn't even that fun. It was like, it was fine. You know, it was cool. Like it's some okay. Indiana Jones references. And I think fee is someone that I wouldn't, if they were in another episode, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, get this you know character out of here. I thought it was just fine. It was like so unmoving in both directions that it just kind of rendered it like, you know, am I going to remember this in, you know, come the end of season two and we're talking about some of our favorite moments of the series? Probably not. Probably not for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be something that I take with me into next episode. I don't even think, um, because like I said, knowing that we're, we're almost at the halfway point and this show tends to, to move in, in, in between smaller arcs and filler, um, yeah. knowing that we're sort of reaching that point, um, I can kind of at least hope at the very least hope, but I would say expect that we're going to be moving on into different territory here. Um, so, you know, that's again, like you said, I'm not going to worry about it. I, I don't, I know I was talking a lot of smack at the beginning of all of this, but I just had to get it out. I think at this point, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I don't hate it. Um, I just think that it's not good. Um, and, and that's fine. Not, we've talked about this a lot is not every episode is going to be a banger. You know, some episodes are going to be a a little bit of a drag. I don't think that it's necessary. It's, it's funny because it doesn't necessarily fit into that like filler category. I think it's just kind of a swing and a miss. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not a waste of an episode. I do hope that some of the, some of the information that we've learned, at least about their character interactions does come back. Um, yeah. And, okay, and, that's, and I, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 I, I hesitate to like, to think about it in the way that's like, Oh, they, they should have done this. They could have done this because I think that that's so easy. And I want to say that. And I have ideas about like, why, why didn't they, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they include, you know, just a, a line, a conversation about this, you know, but I, I, I guess that's just not the point. So I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I've, I've run out of, of things to, to justify and things to, to harp on. I think I'm all right. That's, that's my ending. Yeah. I think that's a good point as far as like, it might be one of those things to where maybe not obvious now, but watching it later and uh, you know, things could come back to play and we go, Oh, okay. I see why that makes more sense. So uh, I'm totally open. Uh, I'm still excited for next week's episode. I still really enjoy the show. I still recommend it to a lot of people, but yeah, you're right. Not yeah, every episode yeah. is going to be the best, but um, it doesn't detract from my love of star Wars and like anything, I'm not going to harp on it and you know, I'm, I'm over it. So I'm excited for next week and uh, let's keep the bad batch going. Uh, but until then, Noah, do you want to go ahead and wrap it up and take for us home? sure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at scumvillainpod. Sorry about that. But for <laughs> now, 
This has been Scum and Villainy with a very tired Noah DeGeorge. And a well-rested Garrett McDowell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys. 